if you want to um, pretend we were still having the last conversation and then uh, just no, it's just it, it's it, it was it was like the universe's way of telling me to stop being gauche. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you're doing, asshole? We're talking about how great your podcast is with your podcast co-host, just sitting there <laughs> talking about how great you guys are. Oh Lord! Well, I I. I, I Didn't guess one you thing see I the email say, from that one guy who said you don't know shit about Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> the universe. Like I really hope he doesn't think we're harping on him because I did honestly love that email. <laughs> I love the fact that number one we have people who are listening that are interacting, and I, you know, like I said, I've been putting my thoughts out there on the interwebs for quite some time. I'm, I'm no stranger mm-hmm. to having people tell me that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Which I we we joked about it, but if you want to send comments and complaints and you don't want to send it out to the ether on YouTube, even though I do read all your comments, I just don't comment because I feel awkward about it. Send me an email at, at Gilderthal or no, that's Twitter, Gilderthalen at gmail.com and say whatever you want. I'm not gonna promise a response because if we get a whole bunch of people, I just don't have time for it. But if you're entertaining enough, you might get one. <laughs> Yeah, and if you have Fun any facts. complaints about the stuff that I'm saying, just send them to gildersalvin <laughs> at gmail.com. Me. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll highlight the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, now I say that in the next episode, I'm going to be all somber and be like, guys, yeah, I was I was just really bothered by all the emails we got. <laughs> but anyway. Um. <laughs> we could do that if we get, if, I don't think we're going to get very much hate mail, but, and not saying that that email is hate mail, but if we, oh, could, no. if we could get a best of, of, of the complaints, that would be hilarious. We'd do I, a whole episode. It, th- I, real quick, and now we're going to go into like gender and whatever. I, uh, it has happened a couple times where people like talk to me and I sl- like, it's either comes out very bluntly where they just straight out say it or um, it, it slowly like tries to go that direction where people will flirt with me or try to like ask to be like f- for something you know romantic wise well, I should just say romantic they want to be sexual wise yeah they don't want to be BFF they want the they want to you know want a little bit more if I get a single dick pic I am going to tweet it out <laughs> with your name and email that is a promise <laughs> if I get a single dick pic i am going to publish your email or twitter handle or whatever that is a promise it is going to happen i'm just saying i dare you i have i don't actually i have i have so much more faith in our listenership god please nobody do that yeah please yeah i would not be happy about it but i'm just saying like that is forever going to be if I get anything overtly sexual asking me to send pictures of my bobs, it's going to get tweeted out. I'm going to publicly shame you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Also, I just want to state, you know, in the interest of equality, I don't want any dick pics either. Just in case That's anybody's true. confused about that. I don't want any dick pics. I, know, I would laugh pretty hard if I got a dick pic saying like, listen, Katie, I'm really sorry I had to send this to you, but could you pass this off to June? Because that's who I really want. <laughs> Can you you forward this to him? I think he knows a lot about Star Wars, and I just think he's the best. Can you just send this to him? I even dressed up my cock like a stormtrooper. I thought he'd appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, Well, this kind of works out. We wanted to be YouTube famous. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway, well, speaking of romance... (laughs) 
That's the best segue in 10 episodes. That's the best segue ever. It's the only good one I've ever done. Give this to me, guys. Anyway. <coughs> Again, coughing in the mic. Uh, so this week we wanted because it's the the uh, month of love. Sorry, everyone who's single out there, but we wanted to go over a couple of romance topics. I, I don't want this to be more of like a you know top five romance or whatever. So we're not really going to be going over specific romances in a sense, and more just like the topic of romance and Bioware games as a whole. Um, so where would you? I have a couple topic lists that I email to you. I don't know which one you want to start with or what. I mean, I guess we could start with the most generic thing first and then we'll work our way to some of the more interesting stuff. But for mm -hmm. best romance slash race for the game. I, I, I think both of us, at least since I'm more Dragon Age related, I don't know if we want to focus on Dragon Age right now. Because I don't think I could have a good conversation about Mass Effect because I just don't know it that well. Maybe, maybe you can relate back to that, because I think you, you've played the game. I've, I've only played through the entire series once, and I think you've done more than that, right? Yeah, no, like, it's, it's I don't know, I don't know if I'm up to a dozen playthroughs yet, but something like that. Okay, so if if there's any Mass Effect talk, it's on you, Jordan. You have to you have to be the MVP here for Mass Effect. <laughs> I'm the real MVP for Mass Effect, but for Dragon Age, mm -hmm. um, do you have a particular, do you lean one way or another romance-wise as far as the races? Um, I, I think that um, one reason I think it's interesting to talk about what is what do you think is the personal best romance slash race for that romance in the game minus two because it's always human. Um, it's, it's just like I I think what makes the what we have to define what makes the best romance, and I I think what makes the best romance to me is what is complements the story. Like I think for Origins, like even though I like Alistair, I think Morgan is the best romance for the game. Because she, it's it's more related to the story. It's interesting with the whole knock her up or die essentially, um, and it it relates on to the series later on. So I I think with that I preferred romancing her with the Kuslin because if you go into the lore or whatever, there is some connection with the Kuslin family in Flemeth, and I thought that was interesting. Fun facts. <laughs> so I actually I think it's like high ever technically in the Flemeth, not Kuslin family, but whatever. I always thought it was really interesting as well if you do uh, Kuzlin romance and I actually made a video about this. So if mm -hmm. you do the Kuzlin romance with Morrigan, um, Kieran is then your son, but then you can also become the uh, king consort, prince consort. You can marry Anora, but you have a child with Morrigan. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that that technically speaking means Kieran is an heir to the throne. I I don't think they actually technically get married though, right? Or or do 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 does Anora and Kuslin get married? I thought they were just engaged. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong though. That might be a good question. Like, do we actually see a wedding in the game? No, I guess we don't, right? I don't remember one. Now, I I did actually play through that world state because I wanted to do that, but I can't remember a wedding. I think you do. So, so they had that like pre-rendered cutscene where you see Anora and Alistair get married, but they don't have a similar one, I think, for uh, your Kuslin and her. No, but you know what? I don't know if they actually show a wedding, but I know that in oh my god, I'm spacing on the DLC, the the major DLC that's post Awakening. Awakening. Um, she she goes to visit you if you're the you're the warden commander, mm -hmm. also the king consort, and you refer to her as wife. Oh, do you? Yes. Okay. 
I, I will take says, your word like, for it because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, she says something like dear husband or something like that. And so that oh. clearly indicates you're married. Okay, yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, that that would make him the heir then. Which you could say the same thing for uh, just making Alistair. Uh, yes, same thing, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so I think that's what is... Anything that brings on the most lore implications, I think, is what makes the best romance in the game. So in that regard, I think for two, I think Anders is the most interesting because of the whole, you know, exploding a chantry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's kind of interesting. And then in Inquisition, I would say Solas. Um, And then obviously there's only one race for Solas. So (laughs) that's kind of my rundown of what I think is the most interesting story-wise. So, you know, and, and this is, uh, it's always somewhat unfortunate when we agree completely, but I, I think I almost, <laughs> I think I almost agree with you completely on this. And Anders mm-hmm. especially is one where I really feel like romancing Anders is one of the best. If you've never done it in Dragon Age 2, you should really do it. Cause especially the way it's not just a climax for him. It's the fact that because he's, um, uh, possessed or joined with, uh, the spirit of justice, like his decay and the way that he kind of starts to fall apart. Um, mm-hmm throughout the game is really really interesting to watch especially if you're if you're doing a romance uh playthrough with anders it it did feel more emotionally impactful because like the i i, I romance anders the second time i played i romance fenris the first one the first one i was like damn anders what'd you do the second time i was like holy shit i don't like i i felt like oh god could i have done something you know like this this was someone so important to me so close to me did i fail and i had that kind of reaction to it so which, on that, people who are dating someone with mental illnesses, you can't fix that. That's not your job. Anyway. <laughs> Point is. Um, <clears throat> so I, I guess on that, let's... I, I think what has made Bioware games, specifically Dragon Age, so popular is the romances. So why are they so popular? I think some part of it is is when a romance is designed really well. I think overall it has to do with design. Mm-hmm. And and that agency within video games is probably the most unique aspect of a video game as opposed to other media is that you can actually have the ability to interact with characters and change the story and how, how the outcome unfolds. But when you give someone the ability to then influence characters, even in a platonic sense, even in the friendships that are built with with party members in Bioware games, mm-hmm. that starts to feel really special. When you introduce the element of romance to it, I think it becomes I think it becomes even even more special despite the cheesiness of it, despite the kind of like, you know, it, it, it feels somewhat silly because it's 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 a bit pantomime. In, in how it's depicted. It's not always the most naturalistic thing um, that's being shown, but there's there's that level of agency that you have. And it's giving you a space to sort of play in, so to speak, with subject matter that is not usually treated as play. Mm-hmm. You're, you're given mm-hmm. mechanics for romances. Um, you're given a set number of options and you can experiment and play within this space of... of you know, story-wise and the way it's written, it's it's romantic subtext, it's romantic content. I just think there's something engaging about giving people a space to play, so to speak, um, with, with romances. That's that's a more sterile answer. It's not like an emotional answer, but that's kind of how I, how I key into it because 
I never approached, you know, having a video game girlfriend, so to speak, from an emotional standpoint. <laughs> I, I just thought, oh, this is interesting. So I can pick these dialogue options and, and you know, whatever Bastila kind of starts to like me. Like you go back to mm-hmm. KOTOR, some of the early stuff. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. It's like, so how do I... How do I win this little mini game, so to speak? And then, you know, and then the complexity and the nuance starts to increase in, in subsequent Bioware games. And then you start to think, oh, okay, this is this is quite interesting. You know, I can I can really <clears throat> support Meryl and everything that she does in Dragon Age 2, but like maybe that's not such a good idea. Yeah. You know, maybe you shouldn't be agreeing with everything that the character is wanting to do, even if you're trying to romance them. That's bad for them. You know, it's bad for the people around them. And so more complexity, more nuance, it starts to become even more satisfying to say, hmm, how should I best approach this? And I think the more and more it gets closer to, how do I put this? The more and more it gets closer to actually being able to teach people lessons through play that might, dare I say, even be applicable to real life. I think that becomes even more satisfying. I think that's a perfect answer. And... I, I have nothing more to add to that other than I agree for the most part. But I I I think that's also why like um <clears throat> like romance novels are so popular because it kind of gets that same feeling to it. And I sometimes with what you said, it really rung true for me. Uh, like to get kind of personal, I I dated only one person and I'm now married to them. I have no experience with a breakup or anything really dramatic for the most part because our relationship just worked out really well. So like getting this play between like what different romances are like has kind of been like, oh, there are like romances go different ways. Relationships are different between two different people. If for some reason my husband dies and I date someone else, that relationship will be completely different than what I have right now. It's it's and I and I think that because if uh, going harken back to the gender episode where we talk about the uh, demographics, like it's uh, Dragon Age, uh, at least the subreddit is really popular with kind of like the young adult a people who are going into really relationships for the first time. And I think yeah, exactly. This gives you kind of a safe space to get to practice and kind of see what type of relationships are like. And like I, I have read stories on the Dragon Age subreddit of people who were perhaps um, uh, like they were struggling with their uh, sexual identity and playing a Bioware game is like, oh, I can only see myself dating Dorian. I can only see myself dating Sarah rather than any of the other, you know, uh, opposite gender romances. Perhaps this says something about me. It gives you a safe space, safe space to experiment in those kind of things, which I think is great. And I honestly, I can't really think of any other video games that sort of do that aside like those I'm going to call them trash. Those like anime ones that are like really only targeted to like, you know, people that like anime (laughs) and like those cutesy weird ones. I'm reminded of Sakura Spirit, if you've heard of that one from Game Crumbs, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so I do want to ask somewhat of a serious question, because I think some something about this question might strike people as being almost like ridiculing. But from a, from a serious standpoint, do you think there are people out there that are lonely that come to uh, a romance aspect of Mass Effect? Or even, like I said, even just the platonic relationships of Mass Effect, do you think that that's something that is actually a draw to certain people out there? I would definitely say so. Like, I, while I currently am not lonely in love, little old 17-year-old Katie was dying, and I would, had I been 17 years old and Dragon Age, or uh, any of the Dragon Age games were out, 
I would have loved them. And that would, like, I I do not subscribe to the, like, Alistair is my husbando type of thing, but I get it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the, the, even if it's fake, just kind of hearing the words, like, I love you and, like, I care about you. You mean the most important thing to me is so powerful. And, and like, even if you just for a little bit kind of sit inside your computer, project yourself onto this person you're playing and hear those words, it can, it can be, I don't want to say fulfilling because it's technically not, but it, like, for that little bit, it's all right. I, I would almost liken it to, like, kind of a drug that that endorphins there's a word there what's the drug in your brain that makes you happy i'm blanking um well there's serotonin there's dopamine there's dopamine that's the one i wanted dopamine it it gives that little dopamine rush of like that little bit of excitement you know and some people just don't have that like there are some people that like uh if if it was me as a 17 year old like hearing alistair tell me that he loves me would have been the first time anyone has said that and i would have been like (laughs) <laughs> you know, like a little bit giddy. And like I I like you said, I don't want to ridicule those people because like that's just the reality. There's a lot of lonely people out there. And like that's okay. And I think this is a perfectly well okay. It's perfectly healthy if you don't like get one of those like body pillows and like you don't actually like what was the guy that like married his game boy or some bullshit like that? Like <laughs> there there's there's a time and a place. Like if you know in your head that, like, this isn't actually a relationship, you're fine. You can joke and you can pretend. You can post your, your walls and Alistair or Dorian or whatever the fuck you want. That's fine. But it, when it crosses the line of, but I can't date anyone else because I'm cheating on this other thing. And I say thing because Alistair's not real. Right. Then it gets weird. <laughs> well, I, I think it is. It's an interesting question. I actually wrote an article about this um, mm-hmm. many years ago now, uh, not long after um, the Citadel DLC had come out, mm-hmm. um, because I, th- I thought that it was a remarkable demonstration of how technology could replicate or how it could depict something that had so much complexity that it actually it approaches sort of uncanny valley, but more for virtual relationships because if you actually think about the technology behind the save imports for the mass effect franchise Mm -hmm. by the time you get to that citadel party dlc i mean you could have a significant number of people who are literally not alive in in that party member or not i mean you could there's there's chunks of people that could be alive or dead um that could be friends with you or not friends with you you could have had one or multiple or no romances involved you know former lovers and and current love interests and all these other things and then and then different combinations of of your party members interact with each other so i thought it was a really interesting display of technology creating something that that it's not real interaction but the complexity is getting so good that it starts to make you wonder you know, does the benefit of this become real enough that we should stop thinking of it as a joke? Um, mm. Because I think that there is that tendency to say, well, someone is lonely, and so perhaps they're taking solace in this fictional virtual relationship, and so we should ridicule them or mock them. But I think that's more and more we would see that that's a mistake. Um, I think technology is there to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems that people have is, you know, lacking some sort of connection. Um, Mm -hmm. those are very real problems. Those are very real human needs. And so if technology has some way to help solve that problem, at least to assuage it partially, like you said, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a full replacement for actual human interaction, but if it can help, um, 
reduce some of that emotional pain for people, I think more and more people should take seriously the idea that some of these interactive virtual relationships should be taken, I think, as a serious way to, um, as a tool maybe, to help people realize what they're missing in their in their normal day-to-day interactions and maybe become more aware of it through something like this. I'm quiet because now I'm just imagining my life as a therapist where I get to play video games with my clients. So that oh, excites me a lot. That be? Oh, I want, I want it. <laughs> I want to be so cool. No, I can see. So I, I, I did not expect to bring up my job so much in this. I don't mean to, cause I feel like I'm bragging. I don't want to do that, but I feel like it, it is fitting here. Like <clears throat> one of the number one ways that people come in and have problems is that they're not talking to each other. And then we say that all the time. Like, if you just learn how to communicate, fine. Like, you never need to go to therapist. It's fine. <clears throat> or, well, for relationship issues, because that's mostly what I do. Not, like, mental issues. Anyway, point is, um, like, the, the number one thing that most people have trouble with is just communicating to their partner what they want and what they need or, or what the partner's doing wrong. If you can learn how to do that, you can actually get through a lot of things. Um, so... If you could use a video game to help practice and develop those skills, or even to see like, oh, this is how I lack in those skills, could be super helpful because one of the hardest things to do is to come up to someone and say, hey, you know, you're in a loving relationship with your wife and whatever, your husband, you're being a complete dick to them, you asshole. You can't say that, you know, (laughs) like you have to, you can't tell people they're doing something wrong. You have to like just gently hold up the mirror and get them to notice what they're doing because if you tell them outright, they're either going to get offended or just not believe you. So in a video game, if you can like somehow maybe like um, put in some boop boops and calculations and the person gets to be in a relationship essentially with what they're doing maybe they'd be able to see what they're doing i don't know I, I can see a whole bunch of like if this done correctly this could actually be really useful and maybe that's even what a, a dragon age kind of does in a little sense where you can see like oh well i uh uh let, let's say fenris like oh our uh I, I slept with someone and then I left in the middle of the night, you know, like, I, I don't know who does that. I made that maybe that's happened. And then like, pl- after playing that Fenris romance, you're like, man, that was kind of a dick to do. Like, I was having a hard time. Like, I, you know, I, I was rightfully scared and I ran away. But then to just end it without saying anything that obviously hurt the partner I was with, where before maybe they were just so focused on their own issues. No, I think I think the closer and closer that they get to depicting and giving the player the opportunity to interact in situations that could be taken as something that you could learn a lesson from and then take that to your real life, the better off they get. And I, I don't think it's grandiose or mm-hmm. or an exaggeration uh, to say that video games can do that and that they should do that. Um, I think storytelling mm-hmm. as a whole has a responsibility to show us macro level truths. That's what I think of when I think of storytelling is that story that stories are essentially like dreams. They're, they're the distillation of truth uh, that you can't reckon with in your awakening life. That's why dreams have symbolism. That's why stories have archetypes and symbols is that story is meant to show you macro level truth uh, that you wouldn't necessarily absorb from your day to day life. I think that video games are especially appealing because they give you agency within a story and that's even better. So within any of the relationships, whether they're romantic or even with the friendship relationships that you have in video games, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to say that developers and writers who are making these games 
should be making them with a mind to help people learn things that might make them better people. I know that mm-hmm. sounds kind of ambitious, but I think that that should be the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the best instances, I think, in Dragon Age, um, it's not even uh, necessarily, it's not exclusively related to romance, although it could be, is with Alistair, the decision to have a hardened Alistair or not. Mm-hmm. That is one of the best um, instances of party member interaction, I think, in any Bioware game ever, because because it's so damn counterintuitive. It feels like you're being really mean to him in the moment, but then you realize what the ramifications are of not getting him to toughen the hell up. Yeah. I mean, you, you can do it with a non-hardened Alistair, but it's interesting the short term, it seems like a negative reaction, but in the long term, it ends up being better for him. Yeah, I th- completely agree. I um, And when, when we were starting this sentence, I was like, oh, but what about Liliana? But Liliana's is a whole, like a whole lot different. Her hardening process is more like do you want to be religious or do you want to kill people like i think it's a completely different scenario almost and i'm I'm simplifying a little bit but yeah the alistair like it has that like you said like i always feel bad hardening him even though i do it every time so i can don't get him to break up with me he (laughs) you do have to basically say like toughen up buttercup and like i think sometimes a lot of people need to hear that and that's, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you get to practice in-game and you can say, like, oh, maybe it's not okay to coddle all the time. Sometimes people do need those hard truths. And something I also want to bring up, um, conflict in romances, I think, is a great thing that I, what we mentioned earlier, the, what the best romances for the game, all three of those romances have some point of conflict that I think is really great. And what is another reason, even though there's story stuff into, to it, each of them have that conflict that make it really interesting. With Morgan, she just leaves you at one point and she's pregnant, you know, for the, possibly. For Anders, he blows up a chantry. He didn't tell you a goddamn thing. He even lied to you to get to plant a bomb in the, the chapel. And with Solus, he lies to you the entire time about who he is. And then he just leaves you without any explanation, you know? So <clears throat> I, I think that conflict in relationships is something that needs to be explored more because conflict is the reality. You aren't going to marry someone and everything's all wonderful, happy. Like I fight with my husband. I'm sure you fight with your girlfriend. Like, and that's okay. That's normal. That's perfect. <laughs> I would love to see more conflicts in the romances, but then also things that get worked out. Cause like, unfortunately, like with all like the, the Morgan, the Anders and the Solis, they don't really explore what the working out part of it is with with morrigan like you just kind of reunite back in witch hunt and then you're off and then everything's okay in inquisition i i would think in the reality there would be a lot of hurt between whatever male you chose in morrigan because it's like you left with my son you Mm, left i miss you too like are you going to leave again why did you leave in the first place did you not trust me like there's a lot of hurt there same thing with like anders like the anders romance holy shit like that's a whole bunch right there. And the same thing with the Solus, which I think the Solus did a little bit, Solus Dreaming did a little bit better about um, exploring that hurt when you meet him again. So, and I, so I, I, I'll, I think they're working in that direction, but especially in like Origins and 2, like, I would love to see a piece if we get to see more of the, like the Anders Hawk romance of like, if they're still in a relationship. How did they work that out? I would love to see how they're able to work that out. Like, are they, are they fighting? Is it kind of just like Hawk babysitting him? Is Anders even who he is anymore? Because the 
Justice thing just completely exploded his mind, even though Hawk's only known him with Justice. So technically, if Hawk were to pluck out Justice, would he still have feelings for this new person? Because Anders became a new person when he became one with Justice. So, like, that's something I would love to be explored. I don't think we'll get that. But I think in future games, they could have something like that that'd be really interesting. And I think the conflicts and the romances are what makes a good romance. Whatever. I I think, yeah, I think... The Andrew, the lack of resolution for Anders as a character as a whole has always been one of the things that I've been holding out hope for. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think he's one of the best, I think he's one of the best characters in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved him when he was brought in during Awakenings and Origins. And I think in two, he's one of the best characters in the game. I like extremes. I like seeing stories and characters get pushed to, and he's a great example of an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't agree with him, it's like, well, it's not about agreeing with him necessarily, but it's an interesting observation. It's interesting to look at him. And so I, I, I really wish that especially for the, for those that romanced him, they would find some resolution. Mm-hmm. Solace is a great opportunity, um, yes. to do that. Solace is that opportunity where depending on how they end up resolving that, especially for those that romance Solace, I think it could end up being, uh, one of the best aspects of Dragon Age 4, um, mm-hmm. Wanted to talk about Mass Effect a little bit. I think that is one of the things that I enjoyed the most about Mass Effect Two and Three, but still felt it could have been. I, I just I liked it, but I wanted more as far as uh, whether or not you romanced Caden uh, or Ashley in the first game. Mm-hmm. So if you romance Caden or Ashley in the first game in Mass Effect Two, they're not a part of your party because you are working with Cerberus and they're still with the Alliance. And so the one little interaction, or the, there's a couple of interactions, but the one main interaction you have with them, I believe it's on Horizon, and you know it can be pretty standoffish because it's just like, hey, what are you doing with Cerberus? Like we fought against Cerberus in the first game, and well, also, well, then also like, how are you alive? <laughs> yes, okay, yes. So, so yeah, burying the lead a little bit. First of all, how the hell are you yeah. alive? Why didn't you yeah. reach out to me? And what the hell are you doing with Cerberus? So that's that's pretty tense. And then if you go carry that into Mass Effect 3, especially if you romance someone else in Mass Effect 2, there's a good deal of complexity there in Mass Effect 3. It's like, okay, you're back with the Alliance. You were with Cerberus. You slept with Miranda or whoever in Mass Effect 2. Like, whoa. There's a lot of there's a lot of mistrust there. I don't think that they played the hurt aspect of it as much. Maybe you could just say that that's just not necessarily in Caden or Ashley's character, but there was a lot of mistrust, which I thought was appropriate. And what I really liked was you couldn't just get back with them, say, at the beginning of the game. It's not until like the midway or like past the midway point of Mass Effect 3 where you can actually sort of like get back together with your Mass Effect 1 romance because that mm-hmm. relationship needs to build back up slowly. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that that's how they that the, how they went about it. I only my only request would have been I actually would have liked more of those scenes and more of those interactions because I just thought they were so good. Yeah, I completely agree, which I on Mass Effect, because I think Mass Effect is the only instance of this happening, uh, at least can, compared to Dragon Age is I, and I know everyone hates them. I wasn't fond either. The Jacob romance has an interesting conclusion and in that if you romance him in two and three, he just dumps you. Yeah. It just doesn't work out. He, like, got some other go... I, I don't know the storyline exactly, because I did not do it. I just watched it and was like, wow, that's kind of shitty. But it's 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 interesting to think about that, like, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. He was like, I wanted a family. He got some other go pregnant. I don't know. He, he I don't I don't know the storyline. I just know he leaves you. But I, I think that's a really interesting idea. It's like, if... 
of all of the romances in, in like what you could do for Bioware games, all of the romances, they all work out in the end. Like America has a 50% divorce rate. It's actually going down. 50% <laughs> divorce rate for the most part. You're telling me all of those relationships worked out? All of them? Yeah. All of them? Isabella? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, come on now. <laughs> she has commitment to, which granted, they do say it's not technically a relationship. It's an open relationship. So that's that's an, that's technically a whole nother thing. But like e- even, um, I'm trying to think, like, uh, no offense to Iron Bull, like he's he was more open. He's he's more used to those open relationships because the he he was raised in a society that didn't have like monogamous relationships. Was that is not is that not something he's going to have trouble with moving forward? Like, well, you know what is interesting is that there are instances of casual relationships not being able to be turned into full blown committed relationships. That's uh, true. PB, well, actually, so I know Jack, obviously, is, is probably the most well-known one in Mass Effect 2. You can sleep with Jack, and if you do that, there's no chance to enter into a committed relationship with her. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that that's supposed to be the case with PB and Andromeda, but I think I had, oh, there was a glitch um, that hadn't been patched yet where I got to basically hook up with her and have the committed relationship. Nice. No, which, I, I don't like PBs. I don't care. Which I, which I think I don't. I think technically speaking, that's not possible. If you if you enter mm-hmm. into having a casual sex relationship with PB, she won't go into a committed relationship with you. So I think mm-hmm. I, I did think as well the first time I encountered that with Jack. Um, I thought bravo. I thought well done. Um, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Um, and now I do think it's possible that that the opposite could be true. Maybe you could end up. Uh, hooking up with someone casually and then it turns into a relationship that's fine also but i thought okay that's interesting that's an interesting constraint to throw at the player i think it makes the gameplay more interesting i think it makes the characters more interesting Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of other instances where it just in my opinion is there a romance i think wouldn't pan out very well i would be interested to see how the sarah romance develops as as the character you play in her age um, because Sarah, we already see her have a, a decent change in her personality between Inquisition and Trespasser. How is that going to work out going forward? Now, granted, you and your the Inquisitor, they could grow together, and so that's just something they do together. That's fine. But it would be interesting to see if you had a, if you perhaps played a more mature, I use air quotes here, Inquisitor that was like maybe older and was already set in their personality, would they still love a Sarah that had grown up to be more... I'm going to say stable just because her personality is all over the place, you know? So that's something I'd, I'd be curious in. One that, I mean, I mean, to me, it seems difficult to work out. I think I've only done it the one time, but Blackwall mm-hmm. has got to be kind of tough, right? If you start to oh, romance yeah. Blackwall early in the game and then you find out he's completely not the person that he says he is. Yes. It, well, it's another thing I wanted to bring up that I forgot about until this moment is... Uh, it, the differences between reactions of Solus and Blackwall. Pretty much the exact same story, for the most part. Guy tells you he's someone, he's not who he says he is. He ended up, um, Blackwall murdered a family of small children. So we know the the death count is whatever. And then he blamed it on his, um, his squad and he ran away. Solus ended an entire civilization. And did who knows what else what. He's not even going to tell you. But at the same time, more people prefer the Solus romance to the Black Wall. That's because Solus is magic. Yeah, it, <laughs> magic and probably, like, I'm going to be honest, being that elven god probably has a lot to do with it. it power power is sexy. 
So it's it, but it, it's interesting to see that happen in game that more people are willing to go for the powerful, mysterious, suave, well-spoken man who lies to you outright rather than the humble dude that really regrets his crime, believes he should have done something more and like he's still making mistakes, but he's honestly trying to be better. You know, like he's honestly trying to be a better man. And if you complete the romance with him, you can actually help him work towards that. Where Solus is still about to be, it's about to be the villain in Dragon Age 4. And more mm. people are into that. It's, it's just interesting. And I, I say this as someone who prefers the Solus romance. So I get it. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, no, they're, but... they're both tragic figures. And I think that's kind of what <clears throat> makes them both appealing. Um, but I think it's the tragedy element of Solus that is so appealing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, Solus is one of the most tragic characters, and when you romance him, it just becomes doubly tragic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Blackwall, you're right, kind of has a more of a silver lining um, at the end of it, whereas Solus, at least as it's as far as the story has been able to develop, um, still pretty pretty tragic. Um, yeah, I've always liked Blackwall, though, as a character, a lot. I've always liked his humility. It's kind of interesting, you're right. Like, Solus, Solus isn't really... Well, he's not remorseful really at all, almost. He's basically justifying everything he's done, whereas Blackwall is more of a simple man saying, obviously I know I've done terrible things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting contrast um, between romances because I feel like they're very similar, but then distinct in that, uh, as you said, Blackwall is so much more remorseful. Yeah, I I would even argue that I'm just going to use Lavellian here to help help the the. If you romance Blackwall as a Lavellian, Lavellian, <laughs> he loves you more than Solus probably does, because Solus is weighing granted a lot more lives versus yours, but he doesn't choose you. He chooses somebody else. Blackwall could have run away, could have whatever, but he wanted to be a better man because of you. Solus chose against that, and I think that should say something. I like I I think. Overall, were I a real person as the Inquisition, I think I probably would have done the Blackwall romance, be really, really pissed off at him, but then would have stayed in it. Solus romance would have obviously break out with me. I'd be sad, go up to Trespasser and be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I'd be pissed. <laughs> That's a good so. point, but just it's that, it's that Dragon Age 4 <laughs> potential for Solus. You, just, you have to have at least one file with the Solus romance because you just have to know what's going to go on I, in Dragon Age 4. I... I, that's true. And like my, my canon Inquisitor is a Solus romance because I just, the, we haven't really brought it up and I don't really go too much into it, but I love the idea that what, what's the kind of the feeling of the Inquisitor with the Solus romance? Does she feel responsible to stay in a relationship with Solus because she feels like she's the only one that can save the world now because of her love? Is she forcing herself to stay in the Solus romance because she knows that only someone that, quote unquote, Solus thinks that loves her, does if that makes sense, can stop it? Because he's so powerful. She's seen so many things he could do. He's the Dreadwolf. He's whatever. The 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 devil of her legend. Do you, does she think she's the only one that could stop it? And therefore, she's sacrificing her emotional uh, livelihood to save the world. And I think that's an interesting concept. You know what would be, and this is like me, I always like to... <clears throat> I don't know if it's just something about me that likes the tragic end or, or uh, here's what I like. I like particularly when it comes to romances, I like players expectations being subverted. Mm-hmm. I think, I think one of the most important realizations that one has in any sort of relationship, even in friendships, um, because I think, I think we shouldn't just make it exclusively about romances, but in any relationship, That's true. you begin to realize 
some of the best things that you should do are a bit counterintuitive, kind of like the Alistair hardening thing, going back to that. Mm-hmm. In real life, that's one of the hardest things to do, is to tell your friend that he needs to toughen the hell up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do if you have a friendship with someone, because they might get mad at you and decide they don't want to be friends with you anymore. You know, But it might be the best thing for them. And so I think... When video games were kind of like, you know, like, again, if you go back to some of the early romances in, like, Knights of the Old Republic, it's really easy. Just be super nice to Bastila. Just be super nice to Karth. Like, you don't have to – it's not complex, really. Just be light side and just pick the happy option every time. Mm -hmm. And then as Bioware games have progressed, it's gotten a little more complex. Like, maybe it's not agreeing with them all the time. And so that's very interesting. Um, Some Obsidian games have done that really well also. Uh, I – Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, my one theory for, for Dragon Age 4 would be, like, how great would it be is if you are a soulless romancer and you try and come in and just be super loving and just, like, pursue the relationship and just do everything super lovey-dovey, like, that's what destroys the world, so to speak. Like, what you need to do is say, I am breaking up with you unless you stop this nonsense. Like, what you need to do is come in with a hard line and put a stop to it, even if it means ending the relationship. And that's the way to actually save Solus. Like, I know that would piss off a lot of players who try and take the first approach, but I would love it if they did something like that. You know what? I fucking love that, number one. Two, I I think that you have to look at... So let's say they do that, people get pissed. In my mind, a Lavellan that goes in there, goes into Solus romance or whatever, and tries to appease him, you don't really cherish Solus, you cherish the relationship. If you're sitting there trying to challenge him and saying like, no, this is wrong, you are better than this, I challenge you to be better, that is what a real relationship is like, is challenging your significant other to be better, to be something that they can be, to see their full potential. That's what a real relationship is, and I think that would be a lot more interesting than the way to save the world and to save Solus is to be like, oh, Solus, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I I would, I really hope in the next game, because I, in the, one, I do hope they show the Inquisitor and Solus relationship, because if not, I'm upset. Two, um, if they do show it, it's definitely played in that more, like, it, Lavellan isn't sad, she's angry. I would love that. Like, it, like, there's a right to be sad. I'm not saying sadness is a bad emotional response, but just sitting in there and, like, she's not mourning the relationship. She's mourning the man that she knows Solus could be and what he's currently becoming. That's what I want her to mourn. And I think those two things could make that completely different. Or it's a completely different reaction from the player. So... No, I couldn't agree yes. more. I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> and when, when you say, like, that's what a real relationship is... I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really one of the best things about a proper relationship because realistically, like how many people are going to be close enough to you to accurately but also sympathetically tell you what your flaws are? Yes. And and then also they're not saying it in a mean way. They generally, genuinely want to help you, want to better yourself. So not, not many people do that. Um, and like so. I said, it's a bit pie in the sky. Like I've always had this all the way back to I, I wrote extensively about um, sort of the effects of uh, Tom Clancy games and Splinter Cell and how that got more nuanced and complex. And that I really felt that if you took military shooters and espionage games and you made the commentary more nuanced and not so much like, you know, kill Russians and Arabs, like y- you could actually and genuinely affect people's views on geopolitical issues 
across the world in a meaningful way. And I thought that they had a responsibility to do that. I really do think that if you if you treat uh, romances and friendship relationships and role playing games with this sort of authenticity, you could actually make a positive difference in the people that are playing them. Yeah, because I I think that I social theory time. What if because like in the past, any relationship is the game is be nice, be nice, be nice, get uh, get romance. Is th- that thing why we see so many? I'm going to call them fuck boys in society right now. <laughs> Maybe that's. <clears throat> maybe that's just kind of uh, that's just how humans work, and they expect that. But it, it, it maybe because on online you just see more nerds online. But people that play video games, there is more people that like I've been nice to you. Why don't you love me? Well, because that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not what a relationship is. Right. You know. Oh, uh, girls only like mean guys. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. that's not true. It's a bit more to it and, than that. And I'm and I'm harping on on the fellas, but the girls do the same thing. Like, there's been plenty of girls that be like, "I'm so nice, I do everything for him, and why doesn't he love me?" Because that's not how it works, honey. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not what this is. So we're already kind of so. on this topic, but what are some other yes. ways you could think of? Maybe that we have we kind of talked about this originally. I think a couple of episodes back. That's how we came up with the idea for this for this topic for this episode. But mm-hmm. what are some other things that we haven't seen yet as far as? romance is not working out in Bioware games. What are some what are some scenarios that you might like to see happen in future games? Um I'm trying to think. So I I almost want to just quickly say like some people are going to be like, "Oh, well, you see a bunch of relationships at your work that don't work out, right?" I do, but I don't ever get to see the resolution of those because they stop coming. So I don't know what happens to a lot of people. Anyway, so I guess with that, I'm trying to like foresee what would happen in some cases. And I guess uh, I, I would like to see kind of the more friendly breakup, if that makes sense, where you, where you just kind of sit there and like kind of what I kind of mentioned with Sarah, um, if like the two people just grow apart and the one day they're just kind of sitting there like we are just different, are we? And then they both just kind of have a conversation of like, this isn't working out and like, it sucks and we're having a sad time about it. And I'm not mad at you for changing and I can't be mad at myself for changing because we both need to do so, but we're just not compatible anymore and you just have to break up. It's because that's that's a reality that happens to some people. Not all breakups are angry and, you know, cheated on and whatever. Sometimes relationships just break up because they're just not right for people at that time, you know? So I'd like to see that. Um, I would like, I generally would like to see someone has cheated on you. I guess that is Jacob, but kind of like, what does that look like to the player? Like, oh, they cheat on you. Do you take them back? Do you not? Do you think it would work out? I think that would be interesting. And like, maybe not in like the, maybe even in the scenario, you're the other woman or the other man Mm. where they cheated with you, if that makes sense. So, or, or even you start out a game with you in a relationship, kind of, kind of like how um, a Tabris does in Origins, where uh, you you do get married technically, but it, obviously your your spouse dies. What would happen if you stayed married and they were with you on your adventure, but you're stuck into it? It's an arranged marriage. You don't really love them, but you do have that responsibility now. Would you stay with them? Oh, Are you wow. on, do you? So that that's something I would like to because because some people like especially nowadays uh, well not so much nowadays but like the kind of the generation below us it was more common like if you got pregnant outside of marriage you would just marry them yeah right so 
and and I think the Borg and romance is another interesting. Like if when if there's a kid involved, then how does that change it? Are you going to stay with stay with each other for the kid? Because sometimes that's a disaster and should not be done. Um, so yeah, I uh, I don't know if it's appropriate for a Bioware game, but I think it would be interesting to kind of play around with the idea of what would happen if your significant other starts like I don't want to use the word abuse, but like like for physical abuse or sexual abuse but more like maybe kind of scenario of like more verbal abuse that's very subtle and starts out slow kind of like you know gaslighting people like it's again not for bioware but like would you be able to spot the fact that you're being abused by someone because a lot of people like when you know you uh, it, it, sometimes you'll meet these people out in the open and like someone's significant other will say, oh, you look like a fat cow, you bitch. And they'll just take it. And you go, why do they take it? I would leave them. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes it's it's it builds up so slowly. You don't even notice. And sometimes people have to sit there and be like, you're being abused by your significant other and they don't believe you. And sometimes you really have to say, no, really, they should not be saying those things. You do not deserve that. And it, it's, it would be interesting to play around with that idea and the kind of like give more awareness to that. Again, I don't think this is appropriate for a Bioware game because we're all just having a good time here, guys. We don't need this heavy <laughs> stuff. But I, I think that would be interesting to maybe not for the player character, perhaps even like um, someone you're trying to romance, you're trying to break them up. That would be kind of interesting. But I don't know. Those are all, first of all, those are all fantastic. I think I, I definitely want to see something like all of those, in particular, the friendly breakup. I think that would be really interesting to mm-hmm. see. Um, the abusive one as well. You're right. I don't know if they could go that heavy, but what a great, mm. what a great idea to to deal with in an interactive sense. Like that would be really interesting. Um, one one of the ones that I thought of that is kind of open ended. You could do this a bunch of different ways, but I think it's just it's the most universal. Or ironically enough, because you just mentioned earlier that you haven't experienced this, but it's it, like univer- Generally speaking, the most universal experience in relationships is being broken up with and mm-hmm. and having to accept that i mean having to accept it and i think it would be really really interesting if there was a way to have a romance that maybe late in the game like that character ends the relationship and you know the way that we approach video games it's like when you start looking up walkthroughs and you start going what dialogue option did i pick wrong like and then you slowly mm-hmm. come to the realization that that character has gone on their own arc they have been influenced by you in some sense, but they are their own person and they are ending their relationship for whatever reason. They found someone else to be in a relationship with. They don't want to be in a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And sort of mm-hmm. forcing the player, you still give the player agency because you give the player the agency to choose how they're going to deal with that. Oh, see, I, I, I wish we could have done that with Meryl. I would have loved to see Meryl have the agency to be like, I've changed because of you. And I have grown up to be my own person, and I just, this isn't working for some reason. I got to go help my people. Goodbye. Because I, I think the Solus, even though he breaks up with you, there is that hope there. That if he didn't have these circumstances, he wouldn't be doing this. I would, again, like you said, have someone like, no matter the circumstances, it just ain't working out. Maybe they grew because of you or whatever, but it's just not working out. There's, there is no hope there. It's done. You have to accept it. See, my so. thing with Meryl, I was actually going to mention this too. Uh, one of the other, one of the other scenarios I was thinking of is a character that, a romance character that dies and there's no way to save them. And in this case, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be no way to save her, but 
as much as I think it's interest, Meryl has an interesting romance uh, plot line. In a lot of ways, I felt like they pulled a punch with having the keeper Marathari die. I really thought in a lot of ways it should have been Meryl. And, and, you, yeah. and you put that weight on the player for not having stopped her and encouraging her and continuing to go along with the blood magic and everything else. I thought that would have been devastating to players, but it would have been a monumental moment to actually lay that at the feet of the player and say, you should have stopped her. You knew damn well this was going to go badly. Um, so I think that's another potential thing that they could do in future games. But yes, um, just being broken up with, <coughs> I think would be really interesting. I think especially if you could play it in such a way where if the player accepts it and moves on... Um, potentially i don't know like you gain some sort of respect from your other crew members who are watching you do this uh Mm -hmm. there's something there's something you know you you mitigate how bad that is whereas if you give the player the option to like not accept it to really keep pursuing the person and maybe they leave the party altogether because you can't let go or something Mm -hmm. else bad happens because the player does not let go and i think that would be a really interesting um thing to it would be interesting to see people's reactions i'm sure a lot of people would be pissed off at it but it would be a really Mm -hmm. powerful lesson to say in certain instances the most healthy thing for you to do for yourself is to let go i i think taking that idea and then also growing upon it what if there was a romance that you were the one where bad things were happening to you like romancing this person actually worsens your cause so you have to kind of grow up and like be the captain and be like I love you, but because of this relationship, I'm doing my job poorly. And I I guess kind of in the situation, be the solace in a bit. Uh, I, think, I think that would be interesting, you know? Like, like it's just a very small choice in the game where you can either save your girlfriend or, or boyfriend or save the world. There, there is, you know, one or the other. Yeah. So. Oh, that would that would be super interesting as well, especially if you could like really design out a way for it to affect gameplay in some sense. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like a game like, like that exists where that like, well, you have to choose the girl or the, the story. And now I can't think I feel like I've seen that somewhere and now I can't think of it. I don't know. Anyway, um, something that I also want to talk about is. Uh, d- instead of thinking of ideas, romances in the uh, Bioware series where the romance, uh, we kind of touched upon this already, the romance that happened kind of took away from the character a little bit. And I I, I honestly cannot, it, it, at this very moment, cannot think of an example other than Meryl. Because <laughs> I, I think that if you don't romance Meryl, she kind of learns to grow on her own, which is super important for people. But if you're romancing her, then suddenly she relies very heavily on Hawk, which I think isn't great. So I, I think that the best choice for Meryl is to not romance her in a bit. Like, granted, I've only done the friendship romance. Maybe the, ri- the rival romance is a little bit different, but I'm not sure. Uh, do do you think there's any other romances kind of like that in the game where the romance arc is actually the worst between that and the friendship? Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. If, I don't know if there's anyone quite like Meryl because I kind of agree. Meryl is an interesting. You're kind of enabling her in a lot of ways, which again, I don't know what this says about me. I actually romance Meryl for that reason. It's just, I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm <trying to. laughs> No, no, no. But not not in the sense of like in the sense that. I'm not, I'm not, ident- in that, in that case, I'm not identifying with my hawk. I'm more like, I want to see this fucked up story happen. Does that make sense? 
Okay, like it, okay. It's, the, it's like the same reason why I romance um, Solus. It's like, it's not necessarily that I am identifying with my Inquisitor at that point. It's more <laughs> like, I want to I wanna watch this tragic story happen kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The one romance that I've always found to be kind of odd, I, I, and some people love it. They just get, the, the Mass Effect fans get really mad when you question this romance. I just don't get the Garrus thing. <gasps> People who romance, I get it. People who romance gifts, I'm like, Garrus just seems like your best bud, even when it's f- female shepherd. Like, Garrus just seems like mm-hmm. a buddy. Like, he just seems like your best friend. Like, no matter what, I just don't see the romance aspect. I I will say, I a part of this is that I have not seen Garrus outside of the romance because I only played it once and then romance Garrus, so I I I can't quite say what that looks like without it. But I I. Like, my best friend is my husband, so I get that, you know? Like, it's it's something very relatable to me, that, like, we were pretty good friends. Was it? No, somewhere I was talking about my love story with my husband, but, uh, like, it, but it, it was not on camera. So the, the quick TLDR is that we met for, like, a week, and I fell head over heels for him. And, oh, we, he, he kissed me. And th- then I thought we were dating. Because, again, first relationship, I didn't know. And then he's like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Slow down. This is going too fast. And so then we were just friends for six months. And and, and that I kind of got to, to learn, like, what a relationship is like. A little bit of that, like, pining. I obviously have a crush on this guy. But we also became very close friends. Mm. And to this day, we are very close friends. So I, I guess I kind of got, like, a little bit of sense of that with the, the Garris romance. Is that we're friends first. And then it's kind of like we were searching for comfort in the the, the the space thing. We realized that we're compatible with a relationship. Like, sometimes, like, romance isn't so much like the, oh, I love that person. That per- I'm automatically romantically involved. Sometimes the romance is a slow burn and then just builds up from a friendship going up. You know? Romance isn't always just, like, you see that person as a romance first and then, you know, friend second. Sometimes it's the other way around. So... I don't know. That's how I saw God, it. You know what? I think you might have totally just turned me around on Garrus romance. Yes! Because what you're saying Finally. what you're saying is like a really <laughs> good point, right? Like because he's not romanceable in Mass Effect One, is he? Mm-mm. Right? So it's not until Mass Effect Two that you can even start a romance with him. Mm-hmm. So that actually Correct. that's actually really interesting. You've you've had this whole history with him of stopping Sarah and et cetera through the first one, and then the romance kind of starts to begin in two. I actually kind of like that now that you mention it that way. Um I have heard people say, you know, like that's that's the reason why they like the Garris romance, is that it is kind of like a it's like a friendship romance at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like you're you are friends and romantic at the same time. I guess that's the draw mm-hmm. of Garris. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to turn me to fire sprites and I've turned you to the Garrus <laughs> romance. <laughs> I was talking with some, this is off the topic now, I was talking with some people about the Dragon Age role-playing game, um, which I have a little group together online and we're going to try to play it. So let's see how this goes. But uh, they were mentioning that they heard our episode and now you also got them on fire sprites. So let's see if we encounter fire sprites. <laughs> fire sprites for the win. Um, I, yeah. You know, it's not a full romance, and I think it's not a full romance for this reason. But Samara um, is, I think, I think they made the right decision, and you can kind of get right up to a romance with Samara. But she's, you know, she's taken an oath; she has a dedicated purpose to her life, and she's not going to be involved in a, in a romantic relationship. You know what? My my husband is a complete weirdo, and he played the entire 
series of Mass Effect without a romance because he felt the exact same way Samara did, that he has taken an oath as a captain and to start a romantic relationship with one of his crew members is inappropriate. And I was like, one, I don't get you because this is the romance part. That's supposed to be fun. Two, I get it, though, because it's a really interesting point of view. And he actually, um, he obviously didn't flirt with anyone, so he didn't know about it. But I told him about the Samara romance. And he was like, oh, you know, maybe I should have flirted with Samara because, like, that's exactly what he was doing. And he would, like, I don't know, he he really took interest in the Samara romance because of her ideals there. Because that's exactly what he was doing. So. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where... You know, Vivian, I've come to appreciate Vivian in Dragon Age. Like, my mm-hmm. first playthrough, I kind of had the reaction everybody did. Like, oh, God, what a bitch, man. Like, she's just so rude. And, I liked Vivian. And, and then, well, you know, once I – because I really try and get into, like, the mindset of my characters when I'm role-playing. And once I role-played a very sort of chantry and – I don't know how to explain this – someone who just believed in the established order of things, I really began mm-hmm. to appreciate Vivian. Vivian is actually just saying, don't be so damn sentimental. Like, you kind of need the circle. You need the chancer. You need them for this reason. And let's just, yeah, freedom and all that from ages. I'm a mage. And, yeah, maybe you don't want to be overbearing, but let's not be ridiculous. Like, you need some of these established orders. Um, So, anyway, I really liked Vivian, even though you can't uh, romance her. But Samara was one where I think building the friendship with Samara is one of the most rewarding things you can do in Mass Effect. Um, especially mm-hmm. in that final or one of the one of the uh, last conversations you have with her in the Citadel uh, in the Citadel DLC. It's just very refreshing to have like it feels like a close friendship with this, you know, practically thousand year old warrior who's been through everything. And it just feels very rewarding to have sort of been a part of her this massive life she's had. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, I don't remember Samara that well, to be honest. I can't add anything, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> And that's why you should always uh, get Sam- Samara rather than Morinth, because I feel like Morinth would be really boring. <laughs> and then she kills you if there's a romance. Anyway. And she's constantly but... trying to kill you. You can't even talk to Morinth without her being like, hey. <laughs> and it's just like, wait. Oh, really? I'm oh, going to die if that happens. What are you doing? Serial killers, man. They're crazy. Um, something that, because we're getting close to time here, something I wanted to talk about that's kind of like, a bit random, but it's it's been on my mind recently, is buy mods for the game. I don't know how much you're into, like, mods for... Well, no, you mod your game a lot. Yeah, I mod the I'm crap out of about. everything. I mod, if, if, if there's a yeah. mod, I pretty much install it, yeah. I, I don't... How, are you active on Tumblr at all? No, I am not. So I... To be honest, I'm not really either, but I have a secret account that nobody knows about. Um, And I, I don't post anything. It's just to... There's a couple of people that do modding that I want to see their content, so I subscribe to them. But um, they're uh, not so much now, but when Inquisition was really just starting, because like for a while there, they could not figure out how to mod Inquisition. And then when it kind of like clicked and people were able to do it, then a whole bunch of Inquisition mods just like started coming out of the woodworks. And one of the ones that got really, really, um, I'm going to say fired upon, was by mods for specifically Dorian and Sarah. Um, because, you know, like, oh, I want to romance Dorian as a woman. I want to romance Sarah as a man. And people were rightfully upset about that because one destroys the entire character arc for Dorian. And it, it is kind of gross to, like, really push the heterosexuality on someone who has defined so... as th- Their whole, like, identity is just being a race. I get that's gross. What I don't 
get is why they're I don't want to say I don't get it, but, like, there is not that much um, outrage over buy mods for straight people. And, 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 I, and I get that there is that history there of, like, th there there was a time when video games didn't have gay romances. And so are, are individually gay romances. So it's it's something very treasured to them. And it's it's something new and exciting. And then here we are, the, 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 the straights just pounding up on their fun, you know? Like, it's... <laughs> the, I, the straights <laughs> pounding up the on straights. their fun. So that hey. is an interesting choice of words. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean that, but here we are. <laughs> this this post bad choice of words world that I live in. Um, but so, so like I I understand like from a historical standpoint why more people are outraged over one or the other. But I I think the question I want to ask here isn't so much why are people outraged over one or the other, but should we ethically be outraged over both? It seems like a double standard, and it, it's not just that there's a lack of outrage. It's the complete opposite. People heralded the Cassandra by mod. Mm -hmm. You can go to the comments yes. on the Nexus right now, and people talking about how great it is, and and mm -hmm. you can go to the Nexus right now, and, and there are still comments saying how offensive it is to have a by Sarah mod. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, you know it's like it's lavishing praise on taking straight characters and making them by, and then heaping lots of criticism on taking gay characters and making them buy. So it's, it's, it's very interesting to me because it does seem like a double standard. Although, like you said, I can understand the root cause there, but it is interesting. Yeah. And I, there, the, um, I was reading, I can't remember what post it was now. So this is really great to do that. But there, I was reading interesting posts that like Bioware has a history of making women who typically in their words, look like they would be the queer uh, be straight. We got they got Morgan, Cassandra, Jack. Um, there was, I think, Aveline, but technically Aveline isn't even a romance option. Like women who like have that kind of like butch mentality to them, or like kind of that. Which I, I don't think Morgan is butch, so I don't know why she was bundled up in there. Maybe like that gothic kind of. I don't know, but uh, that they make them straight and so that a lot of the the lesbians in the community or queer people are like well the, we i wanted to romance her this is exactly my type of woman and then i can't do it like i i get the frustration there and at the same time love is ethically correct to say like be outraged over the sarah mod but not the cassandra mod you know I I I I feel like I'm in a weird space because like I would feel weird using the Sarah mod, but if I boot up the Cassandra mod, I'd be like, eh, it's it's not right. But like, I I don't know, I'm not like offended by it. But I can there is that gut reaction to the Sarah mod, and it's 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 almost like, or even like the uh, the Solus mod that makes him equal opportunity to. Uh, uh, I, I guess you you could put race in there, but but specifically gender and and Colin, it, it's this weird like. Historically, homosexuals they they had to if if they wanted to be represented in media they had to pretend to do it, which is kind of like this mod. They're used to this. This is not new in that community. Versus when straight people are doing it for uh, Sarah and Dorian, there it's it's like you're you're. I'm going to use the word appropriate, but I feel like that's almost an overreaction to it. Um, to do that sort of thing for them. Like, no, 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 we had to do this. You don't get, you don't have to, do, no, don't do that. Don't take away what we, we is rightfully ours now. So I, I, again, I get the outrage. At the same time, I, I feel like perhaps both is unnecessary 
I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, like I kind of kind of what you're saying <clears throat> is that for those in the LGBTQ community, it's like we've had to use mods for a long time to sort of have equal, mm-hmm. equal representation in romances, and yet within let's say the straight community, if that's the term you want to use, the one or two times you've been limited, it's like you have all the you you have and have had all these other options for all this time. The one or two mm-hmm. times you're limited, you immediately run out and make a mod to get around it understandable but you know it's a video game and people like to mod stuff people mod literally everything that they that they you know there may be a reason from a gameplay standpoint why um you know why a weapon does a certain amount of damage or why an armor is found at this particular portion of the game and then people go out and break that with mods they overpower their weapons Mm -hmm. and they get a bunch of gear that they shouldn't get way too early so yeah you are kind of breaking the game if you install a buy mod. You probably shouldn't if you want the pure experience of what the designers intended, but that's what mods are about. It's kind of breaking the experience. It's not It's not really the right way to experience it, but you know, do your vanilla playthrough at least once and then throw a bunch of mods on there and see what happens. I, I, I think you're also touching upon what I eventually wanted to get into, which is great. The... I don't know anything about the Sarah or the Cassandra, any of the buy mod makers. I don't know. There's probably a big person, like a chance that it might even be the same person who did both. I don't know for certain, but at at the very least, like this mod probably wasn't made with the mindset of I want to erase the gays. It might have just been like, oh, this thing I accidentally made made Sarah straight. That's kind of interesting. I'll throw it out to the wind, and there really wasn't that implication there that was meant to be. It was just kind of is you know and, and I, I feel like a lot of mods are like that like i was browsing the mod there's a brand new mod that came out that has it's specifically a face texture for dragon age inquisition for only female adar that makes it look like she had just cried that is so weirdly specific <laughs> like it's which if that person's listening it looked lovely very awesome i don't g- get it i don't know like maybe that's just for whatever's purposes they were doing i don't understand why like other people would download it other than for like a specific screenshot in one instance but like it's it was just kind of like i had this need i wanted to do and i threw it out to the wind and now it's published and i and like i feel like you could also put it in a light of perhaps um now that we are going into a world with uh the non-binary genders like what if you are a trans man but your body is very feminine looking still. And you kind of wanted to play a character that represented that and you downloaded the Bi Dorian mod. Is that bad? Oh, that's actually, I mean, that raises a whole nother <clears throat> aspect to it up. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that, certain things like that, um, I think it's a good, it's a good example of why no one should get overly irate about any of this because you're right you introduce one wrinkle like that and all of a sudden it's like well now you might be oppressing another group of people um who Mm -hmm. would from having some form of expression yeah so that's a good point that's why that's why i sort of well i take the i take the opinion of if you're going to install your mods go ahead and install your mods i've installed mods that like i said pretty much break the game from other aspects not from the romance aspects but from other gameplay aspects but as to the question of whether or not you should use one, I've never used the Sarah by mod, uh, never mm-hmm. used the Dorian by mod. Um, I don't know if there is a Suvi by mod. We talked about in our Andromeda episode. I didn't know that Suvi. There might be. Uh, 
I wouldn't use those either. And, and specifically because um, I think the best example or the best case study of it is Dorian. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. there's an entire subplot that, that relates back to his father, his family, and his sexuality. I mean, how exactly do you headcanon that out of the way? If you use it, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess you could still say, well, he's bi, his father doesn't accept him being bi or whatever, but I, I don't know. It just, it just feels like I like the limitations in, in the same way that I'm sitting here brainstorming ways that characters could break up with you in future Bioware games. Like, <laughs> even, even though that's harsh, it's like, I like the limitations, even though every now and then I like to install mods that make my character super overpowered. Uh, you know, I like survival mode on Fallout 4. I like it when the game's hard. I like it when you have to be creative or just i don't know just reckon with the fact that even though it's a video game and it's a power fantasy you have to face certain limitations it's like hey yeah on one of my early playthroughs i was like yeah the sarah chick is cool like i'll romance her oh nope sorry (laughs) male character can't do that it's like okay well then roll a female inquisitor and do it next time or just you know i like the limitations Mm -hmm. Which, like, a quick aside before I go into what I actually wanted to say. How great would it be if someone broke up with you because they realized their sexuality isn't you? Oh, that would be genius. That would be good. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, oh, now I have to remember oh, what wait, I wanted wait, wait, to say. Wait, wait. Oh, so I, just real quickly oh, go, go before you run away from that point, because I know we're talking about the bi mods. So let's think about mm-hmm. that example. Knowing the Bioware fan base, the community, you know, the, the climate on Twitter as it is. If you had a straight character and you were, say, for instance, in a male-female romance and that female NPC party member decides that she's a lesbian and breaks up with you, people would herald that. It would be brilliant. It would be so progressive and diverse. If you were in a same-sex relationship, let's say male-to-male or female-to-female, and then that person decides that they're straight and breaks up with you, that would be Armageddon in the Bioware community. That's true. Or or even, you could even say, like, uh, bye, and then turn around and it's like, ah, maybe maybe my female phase was just a phase, you know? Because sometimes that does happen. Like, I, I, for a while there, I did um, uh, counseling for, for specifically kids. And there was a lot of teenagers that, like, sometimes they'd be in a relationship with the same sex because that's, like, I, I don't want to be controversial with this, but it is more popular to be bi right now. It just is. Kind of have that open-mindedness, which is great. I think that's awesome. But you are getting more people going in same-sex relationships and going, huh, this isn't for me, which is okay. I think that's fine. But it would be interesting to see all the backlash behind it, you know? So. Yeah, so that, that's a great example. That's another thing. I don't think Bioware or anyone else would ever have the guts to even touch that. But man, how interesting would that be if that ever happened? It would be really interesting. Real quick before we we end the episode, I want to go back to the buy mods real quick. I I guess my point with the buy mods, I I feel like the buy mod itself is a tool. You can use it like it, it's it's kind of hard to say like a hammer is immoral. Like you know, it's it's really all how you use it. If you're downloading that mod with the intention of erasing their sexuality, I think that's weird and gross, and is it's it's not great. But if you are downloading the mod with the intention of like, listen, I really just, 
uh, like like the the transgender thing I mentioned earlier, that could be like a pretty black and white one of like why it's all right. Or you could even with the Cassandra mod saying like, listen, I am just so sick and tired of Bioware, like giving me women I want to do like what I guess actually that worked out want to do <laughs> want to romance. Um, and I I just want something that I'm actually honestly attracted to, to be the person I romance. Yeah. I can understand that. I get that. Download the mod. Have fun. But I, I think if you are downloading it with the intention of I gay people in my game, <laughs> uh-uh, like, then it's weird. Then it's weird. Or or conversely, straight people in my game, uh-uh, then it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the intent, which is why I think that the in my overall complaint about Tumblr, it's they make everything black and white. We're like, it's, I get it. It's a complicated subject. And it, 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 it looks gross. I'm not going to lie. I get it. My first gut reaction was like, ooh, that's weird. Vibe Dorian? Oh, that's weird. But I, I think if you really get it down to it, I, I don't think people should ban the mods. I don't think that this is something that needs to be thrown away and you crucify whoever made it. Now, granted, if they had the intention of gays in my game, no. Like, yeah, okay. They have the right to make the mod and put it out, but don't associate with them. That's fine. I get that. So, I don't know, that's just my opinion on the buy mods. Not something I would do, but I can see people downloading it with pure intentions and, like, that doesn't bother me. You know, I don't think everyone that downloads that mod and put works it for whatever reason, for whatever headcanon they have. Like, I think I, I think there are ways to be in the middle. Which is what the show's about, guys. Hey. <laughs> hey. Anyway. <clears throat> so that was our episode on romances. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we've covered everything. Um yeah where can well people can follow me find me under the exalted march uh on youtube and where can folks find you uh you can find me on youtube uh gilderthalen on twitter at gilderthalen or you can find me on reddit at gilanon i when i signed up for reddit i didn't have the gilderthalen thing open yet so now it's just awkwardly different (laughs) um so guys it was great to talk with you uh i don't know why i'm talking to the audience because we didn't talk (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't do outros. I'm not good at them. Anyway, um, I, I think with that, guys, there is Cheryl. Sure